Hey friend, welcome to the A Wife Like Me podcast. My name is Amanda Davison and I'm pumped that you're here. I hope you know that you are so loved and there's nothing you can do about it. Literally nothing. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of our community. We are here for you and anything you need at any time, just hit us up at info at awifelikeme.com and we would love to pray for you. We would love to hear what's going on in your world. Today, friends, get excited. We are going to listen in on a conversation we had with Susie Larson. She has authored many, many books. She has so many great resources at susielarson.com. And this conversation, we really asked her to share with us her wisdom on what it means to be fully alive. How do we live out life being fully alive? How do we experience that and really truly live a life that matters? And oh, it's so good. So listen in on this conversation and I'm going to share my thoughts at the end. We are so thrilled, Susie, to have you. I was just talking to a friend today and she told me that she's an adult. And she said, as an adult, she came to know the Lord. And it was because of one of your many beautiful books. But she said that she joined a Bible study and your book transformed her life. Wow. Well, thank you for that story. That Wow. That means so much to me. And Amanda, I love what you're doing. So thank you for having me tonight. Yeah, we're excited. So I'm just going to read a little bit about Susie, who she is, the work that she has done, and then we will get into some questions with her. Susie Larson is a popular media voice, best-selling author, and national speaker. Susie's passion is to see women awakened to the value of their souls, the depth of God's love, and the height of their calling in Jesus Christ. Susie hosted a daily live talk show for eight years on Faith Radio Network. She is the author of 16 books, including her latest, Fully Alive, which we're talking about tonight. She's been married to her husband, Kevin, for more than 30 years, and she is a fellow Minnesotan. So please welcome Susie Larson. Good to be with you, Amanda. Yeah, thank you. So we are, we're going to start out talking about Fully Alive. If you don't have it, you are going to want to get it. This is so beautiful, and I personally loved reading it. And one thing that we talk a lot about on A Wife Like Me is that we we just cannot be for anyone else, for our husbands, for our kids. We can't be for them. We can't serve them well, love them well, as God desires us to, if we aren't first caring for our own souls. And so your book, Fully Alive, tell us what you mean by the title. Like, because it sounds, I think anyone, Christian or not, would see this title and think, I want that. So when you say fully alive, tell us what that means. Well, the subtitle is learning to flourish mind, body, and spirit. And uh, one of the, there's several themes that run throughout the book. And one of them is what happens in your soul happens in your cells. What I've really learned over the years, you know, I've, I worked in the fitness industry for 15 years, uh, years ago, I've battled chronic health issues and I'm a woman who loves God's word. And the merging of all those coming together after this most recent health relapse, which was horrific, I realized how compartmentalized we all can tend to live. And as women, we are such massive multitaskers. We do workarounds all of the time. And when I I had this relapse. It was like um, I say in the book, you know, God will allow an overplayed enemy attack 
when he knows you're strong enough to be positioned for freedom. And what I mean by that is there are times when that enemy comes at you with all it's his fury and you feel like God has turned away, but really it is a tempered storm to unearth some of the things in your soul that you maybe you've been ignoring for too long, or it's just that you're ready to look at some of those things now. And in the midst of my relapse with just horrific symptoms and spiritual warfare, uh, one of the things the Lord whispered in my heart was the, the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. And so the whole thrust of the book is a really an inner healing journey. But to know that if you ignore what's going on in your soul, it will push, push out into your physiology and affect your cells. And I did a lot of research. I talked with doctors, counselors, and, uh, and just did a lot of interviewing. And a counselor friend of mine had said, she said, women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s are coming to counselors in droves with crazy symptoms they'd never had before, weird, a lot of autoimmunity issues, pain, anxiety, irrational fears. And a lot of times doctors can't give a definitive diagnosis, but once they get to the counselor and they slow down long enough to heal and they just exhale, they start to take a deep breath and start to pay attention to some of their losses and their hurts and their disappointments. And they untangle those in the presence of God. Over and over again, they're seeing these women, just their symptoms sort of just fade away many, many times. And we can't ignore the fact that our physical health is very connected to our emotional health and our spiritual health. And, and man, if I could go back as a young mom, you know, I, I was a doer and I was serving on five committees like everybody else. But I really know this to be true, that as Christian women, we hide in ministry a lot of times and we use ministry to prove something that Jesus has already proven. And that's not a sustainable way to live. And it's not really a fruitful way to serve. Um, I would say to a young mom, do less and go deeper. You know, serve maybe in one way at church, but spend time with the Lord. Let his roots go down deep. And then be ruthless with thoughts of insecurity, inferiority, because if you keep just trying to dig out of a hole, trying to prove the lies wrong, you don't prove a lie wrong. You combat it with the truth and you put it under your feet and you walk forward in truth. But when young, young moms and wives don't tend to do that. I didn't. I had to go through a lot of storms to finally go, you know what? The truth is the truth that will set me free. So contend for those things. Long answer to tell you that that book is a, it's not a light read. It's the rawest book I've ever written, but it's an invitation to, to deep, deep healing. And, and boy, Amanda, we're getting some amazing testimonies from readers and I'm very grateful. Oh, I don't doubt it. It is powerful. It's very powerful. And pretty much the whole book my book is highlighted or underlined. So yes, and and it's it is raw. And I wonder, Susie, how can we be proactive about it? You mentioned counseling. You mentioned our health. You mentioned slowing down and being ruthless with negative thoughts, thoughts that are not in alignment with God's word and His truth. Anything else? I mean, how can we be proactive? Well, you know, I, that's a great question. I've been on uh, Wednesday mornings and doing a devotional um, out of the book, just like a little five, 15 minute devotional this morning. I did one on um, anxiety and worry. And the proactive piece is really big here because in Psalm 46, 10, it says, cease striving and know that I am God. You know, we know that passage and we picture it as a gentle whisper of the Lord. But if you look at the chapter in its context, this is one of the times where the Lord's voice thunders over the storm saying, all the chaos that is threatened to derail you, to distract you, to diminish you. Over all of that, my voice thunders, be still here and know that I am God. And be still or cease striving. What that means is to sink down, let go, relax. So it's almost like take your white knuckle grip off the very thing that's causing the soul unrest 
And then it says, and then know that I am God. That means encounter him and experience him in a way that makes you know him deeper in the area of your soul unrest. So I think first and foremost, the most proactive thing you could do is to do that. Whatever area of soul unrest you have, go to that place with the Lord. Now, in in the way of pursuing healing and praying for a miracle, I'm asking you do what you are supposed to do and can do, and then ask God to do what only he can do. And that's different for all of us. For some listening, watching tonight, or watch the video later, you need to get a consistent bedtime and you know it, you know, and especially being a mom, if you're a mom, that's next to impossible, but fight for it. It's a good fight thing. We can't heal without rest. You might maybe eat too much sugar. You might be a terrible friend to yourself. You might just waste all kinds of time swiping through social media. And this is no condemnation. I'm just saying it's it's invitation. Cut some of that out and get the Bible open in your lap and listen for the very voice of God. You know, I mean, it's just, it's different for all of us. Those proactive steps are the ones that God's saying, I'm inviting you to this right now. And when he does that, he accompanies grace. There's grace accompanying that decision and it will be life-giving and it'll be life-sustaining. And I just think this is the good fight because when you, I think it was Barna, George Barna did a study about four years ago on Christians and non-Christians uh, to just study our defaults our habits, our addictions, just our behaviors. What do we do when we're stressed, bored, and all that? Virtually no difference between no. us. You could not tell us apart in our addictions, our defaults, our waste of time, zero difference because we look so much like the world. But you know, you can't numb out forever. And this is a time, I think, and an invitation to go, I'm not going to keep numbing out my pain and binging on things so I don't have to feel. I'm going to feel it so I can heal it. Because when you get into that place with God and and he revisits maybe a trauma from your childhood or a loss of a friendship or whatever it is, when you go to those places with God, it's almost like he occupies more real estate in your soul and you walk lighter and in more freedom and the world needs what you have and you can't impart what you don't possess. So going back to even your original question, you can't bring to your marriage or to your kids or to your community what you don't possess. So I feel like when Jesus says, you know, that he'll restore our soul, we read about that in Psalm 23, we need to take him up on it because what happens in your soul happens in your cells and it happens in your life. So we need to really contend for some of the things God has promised us. Yes, I love that. Don't you see everyone why I love Susie? It, it's so good. It's such a needed message, Susie, because it, we we do it backwards and culture, you know, we want it now. Like we want to feel fully alive now. And, and we don't want to have to get up earlier than we already are or go to bed any earlier than we are. We don't want to give up our comfort. We just want what we, we want the end result without having to put in the work. So true. So and true. It's really, you know, I get messages frequently. How do I this? How do I that? Or why is this difficult in our marriage? And you know, what do you have to say about it? And and this is where we always get back to is where are you with the Lord? Are you, are you making time to be with him? Like these basic fundamental things. And, 
Well, we're living in a day where we're very addicted to treating symptoms because, again, we want to do workarounds. We don't want to know the why behind the what. Why Why do I keep having headaches or why do I keep going uh, my thoughts on repeat, self-deprecating thoughts? Why do I constantly fear the future? But if you go with God, he will bring you to a place, a lie that you picked up when life lets you down. But if you keep just numbing out and going, I just want a pill, I want a quick fix, and I'm not dissing medication. There's a place for medication. You know what I'm talking about numbing out on whatever your default of choice is. But, you know, there are times, you know, if you look at uh, maybe you're that not that person, maybe you're very disciplined. I'm pretty disciplined. And I remember in the midst of my illness in this last few years, I write about this in the book where the Lord kept bringing me back to the Gospel of John, where uh, the man was on the mat for 38 years. And Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? And the first three words he said were, I can't, sir. And, you know, God kept bringing me back there. Now, there are some who are so attached to their situation that they're more identifying with the struggle than they do with the promises of God. That happens when you suffer for a long time. And this book is for you to awaken you to go, God has more for you. That's okay. But there are those of us, you know, it's like I was fighting for my life. It's like I was taking my vitamins, going to bed, doing my doctoring, doing everything I knew to do. And the Lord still kept bringing me back to that passage. And I'm like, Lord, this kind of hurts my feelings because, yes, I want to get well. I mean, what more do you want from me? What more can I do? Well, he was silent. So I thought, well, he's God. I'm going to ask a, a better question if he's not answering me. Lord, are there hindrances to my healing in my own soul? I mean, do I have I can'ts? Is this why you keep bringing me back to this passage? And about a week later, I'm on uh, backstage getting ready to step up to speak, but I was having massive surges of inflammation, bone crushing headaches, my face, my neck, my arms were numb. I was spinning, dizziness, so fatigued. I just wanted to be in bed. And I thought I have a job to do. God, you got to give me the strength for this. And just as I'm about to step out on stage, the, the host grabs me and she pulls me back and she says, uh, oh, um, when you go out there, make sure you tell them that you struggle with your health. Otherwise, they're just going to hate you when they get a look at you. And she's just being funny. and But in that moment, I realized I've heard that a thousand times. I would hate you if you didn't struggle so. And, uh, you know, I've been on the receiving end of gossipy, petty stuff. And my book, Uncommon Woman, came out of that all those years ago. It was just the most refining, painful thing ever. But learning how to be uncommon in the midst of common behaviors anyway. But what I didn't know what to do with those comments, right? Because I don't want to be hated. And so what did I do? I shoved them down deep. And so here I am backstage and the Lord whispered in my heart, could you handle it if I healed you? Could you handle, could you handle it if women judge you, if you're healed? Can you handle it? And I realized it was like a speed bump for me, Amanda. It was like, oh my goodness, this is a thing. So I'm doing a lot of the right things, but there was a core obstacle for me. Like, I think I might've been a little bit afraid of that. Yeah. And I had to die about, die to that to say, Lord, I, I'll, I'll trust you. And, and then he just, of course, whispered. And by the way, not all women are that petty. And even those who are need healing too. And I would say probably a week or two later, I'm praying for human trafficking victims, which I do pretty much every day. And, but I was just interceding, you know, for these kids in, in trafficking and, and the phrase blessing guilt came across my mind. And I'm like, blessing guilt. And the Lord whispered to me again. Could you handle it if I healed you while well, many, many millions are still stuck in trafficking? And I said, no, I didn't have to think about it. 
And now I know theologically in my head that if what God does for one doesn't diminish his ability to do for another, I know better up here, but my soul didn't know that. I, 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 I'm praying, I'm at fasting, heal me. I'm taking my vitamins. I'm doing everything I can, but there's a core no in me because I'm like, really, mm, you know, I can't, I can't deal with it when I think of what these girls and boys are going through. And I had to sort it through and go, God is big and his promises are true. And I have to contend for the freedom so I can help win the freedom for others. But that was a big one for me. And I say all that to say, even if you're doing all the right things, which I was doing a lot of the right things, I wasn't doing it perfect, but I was applying myself to my own freedom. Uh, I had some I had some hindrances in my soul. And I, as I've talked with people, I believe that's true. You don't know what you don't know. You don't even know what's there until you're willing to ask the Lord. You know, do I have I can'ts in my marriage? Do I have I can'ts when it comes to my destiny and the, the call of God on my life? Because you might say up here, yes, I want this, but there might be a hindrance in your own soul to your healing and the, in the you know wholeness of your marriage. But that's a gutsy prayer to pray. But God loves to answer it. And he always answers with great gentleness and honor. And he will lead you to a place of freedom. Yes. And that is why it's called fully alive. Because on the other side is that freedom. And I love too that you mentioned that sometimes we don't even know. We're not even aware of what's going on. And that's one of the many reasons I love counseling. Um, everyone here on a wife like me knows that I'm such a supporter of Christian counseling and, and, um, any is great, but we love Christian counseling, biblical sound counseling. And it, it, it it's, yeah, it's always a good thing. And that, that is a proactive way to help walk through and uncover the layers that again, that sometimes just we aren't aware of too, and, and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal those to us. So, yeah. so, cool, so good. And that is, um, a very, such a powerful insight that the Lord um, revealed to you, Susie. That's amazing. Hmm. Um, okay, so we also have, well, Susie has, again, 16, 16 books. So um, I have three of them sitting right here, mo many more upstairs. This is another one of Susie's books. It's, it's called Alone in Marriage, Encouragement for the Times When It's All Up to You. Um, and so I have a few questions on this as well. Um, so you talk about in, in alone in marriage, you talk about the weights that wear you down being anger, worry, fear, and self pity, and then weights that refine us being disappointment, loneliness, imperfection, and waiting. So I'm curious of these first, if you want to explain a little bit, the difference between the wearing us down versus some actually refine us. But then which of these do you feel affects so many wives today? Um, and just, we can talk about them. Yeah. You know, those, those initial weights that are just toxic, the anger, the fear, those are ones that we have to go after and we've got to deal with them because it's like carrying explosive in your backpack. I kind of give an analogy through the book of, of climbing a mountain and you've got a backpack. And, and so the idea of get those things out of your backpack, do what you have to do to deal with them. But when you're walking through a one-sided season in marriage and anybody who's honest, who's been married any length of time, will walk through a one-sided season, if not multiple times, because life ebbs and flows. And before you know it, the weight shifts. 
And oftentimes it's just to the woman, not always, but more often than not. And you're carrying more than you bargained for. And what I, as I interviewed women uh, across the board who were in a one-sided season, some because their husbands were depressed or were workaholics or were in seminary or in military. So some were in sin and some were just building a business or going back to school. That was so interesting that the same stuff came up. You know, and so that's where I divided the books. The first parts were anger, fear, worry, those kinds of things. So the weights that refined, I kind of talk about it's not uh, that that you it's not that the weight itself is going to be uh, that something you want to just throw off or can throw off, but it's how you carry it. And these are things what I mean by that is if you're in a long one sided season, you're going to battle disappointment. You're going to notice your imperfections and his. You will be in a waiting season and you will be lonely. And, and the temptation is to just go, I don't want to feel these things. And so you do a quick grab for something else and you might even preempt something. And, and make decisions you totally later regret. So let's take um, disappointment. So Lena, you, you're going to feel disappointed in your marriage, in your spouse, even in yourself, in your own reactions at times. And that disappointment can very much derail you. It can cause uh, just uh, despair because this is not what you signed up for. That's what a lot of people always say, but yes, it is. When you say yes to marriage, you sign up for way more than you realize. But in this disappointment, you can find a divine appointment because you start to look at those places where you said, I thought that, and then you bring it before the Lord and you let him redirect you and use this to refine you and to prepare you for all that he has for you. So there's a fork in the road with all of these, you know, to, to mix metaphors, so to speak. Will you let disappointment move you away from your appointment where you're just coddling your your anger and frustration? Or will you say, Lord, use this to redirect me, to refine me, to lift my eyes to you, you know, where my hope has maybe been in my husband, my hope needs to be in you. Um, let's say imperfection, that's another one, where you start to feel like you see your imperfection, you see his, and you can completely despair over the humanity of your marriage or you can just say, this is where grace abounds. And you can know God and his grace so much deeper and know love. Love is a choice where you know it on a far deeper level. A loneliness, that was a really important chapter I talk about. You have choices in loneliness and there are temptations for women when they're lonely to look good for other men, to create an alternate reality, you know, just different things like that. And they do it in their mind and thinking there's nothing wrong with it. But you really are isolating and building a wall between your husband and you but where you can take the loneliness and carry it a little bit different, um, you can use it to cultivate intimacy with God, no matter what your husband's doing, because, you know, your hope again is in God and he is your ultimate source. Your husband is not your source. He's a gift. The Lord is a source. And when and I just think you use these hard times to reset and remember he's a gift. He's a source. You will, um, you will fare much, much better. And we were in a season where I felt almost nothing but contempt for my husband. We were in such a, I mean, we had long stretches of his workaholism where I would go for long stretches and, it, you know, and we, then we'd kind of come back from it. But then there was a particularly, it was about two and a half years of him working, I don't know, 70 hours a week. It was just an insane time. And he's the kindest, gentlest man. And so he was still kind when I saw him. But what I realized even years later, if you do like the love languages, Gary Chapman, mine are, acts of service and quality time. And there was zero of that happening over a course of time. My love bank was empty. So I looked at him and felt nothing. And I couldn't bring myself to walk away from the marriage because I'd made a promise to God, but it was out of fear for God. Getting through that time and rebuilding, 
I love him more today than I've ever loved him before. And the countless people that I've interviewed in radio over the last decade, marriages that hang in there in those times are just fortresses on the other side. Uh, and so I'm asking if anybody's watching and you're hanging on by a thread, do not give up. Do not give up. I am telling you, you become a force to reckon with if you can get through to the other side. Yes. Amen to that. Absolutely. Oh, thank you, Susie, so, 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 so much. Susie Larson, again, her new book is Fully Alive, Learning to Flourish Mind, Body, and Spirit. Um, But Susie, would you mind just ending in prayer? First of all, I love what you're doing, Amanda, and I just wish you God's best. And I'm just so proud of you for stepping up and stepping out to do what God wants you to do. And may you continue to be brave and bold and steadfast. Well, Father, thank you for the wives associated with this group. I pray a blessing on each and every one. I pray you heal her and her soul, heal her mind, body, soul, and spirit. I pray you'd heal her memories, the traumas that she's walked through, Lord. I pray you'd replace the lies that she picked up when life let her down with the truth that would set her free. I pray you pour out your spirit in such a way that she would know her calling as a wife, maybe as a mother, but also um, in other aspects of the kingdom that it would just be so clear to her that she would prioritize her time. God, I pray that she would lose her taste for that which weakens her. I pray that she'd grow an utter distaste of wasting time and she'd redeem the time and redeem the days for your namesake and for the sake of the kingdom. And I pray for a miracle in the marriages that need it. I pray protection around every marriage associated listening here. And uh, we thank you, God for the gift of marriage, for the gift of your presence and the gift of your promises. We love you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Thank you so much, Susie. Yes. God bless. I don't know what part of that conversation was my favorite, but one thing does really stick out, and I think I'll remember it always, uh, is when Susie said, do what only God is asking you to do, and then allow God to do what only he can do. I think as women, we put such an enormous amount of pressure on ourselves to do the things, to be the things, to get the things done, and it's exhausting, and it's really dangerous, and so whether it's, you know, getting off our phone, whether it's going to bed earlier, whether it's eating healthier, whether it's starting to prayer journal, whatever that is, whatever it is. Um, even holding our tongue or speaking words of encouragement, whatever that is, that we do that and we are obedient to that. And then we trust God that he's going to do the rest and only what he can do. And so I just, I hope that you're encouraged by that. I hope that you tuck that away along with all of the other things Susie said. Again, you can head over to susielarson.com and check out all of her amazing resources Again, Fully Alive was mentioned and Alone in Marriage in this episode. And friends, we are so excited because the Wife Like Me Collective is open. So many of you are in there. We are already growing and there is so much, so much for you there. This is the place that we've created for you to really dive in deep to your faith and in your marriage. We're going to be walking through scripture together. Together, And there are just so many amazing guest speakers in there, so many amazing resources, and we are there to take you deeper. And so I encourage you head over to collective.awifelikeme.com and join us. It's already 
amazing. And there's so much to come. So join us now while that founding member price is the lowest it's ever going to be. Friend, thank you so much for listening. Man, again, we love you. And thank you for being here. We'll see you next week.